Hello, everyone. Welcome back to a bonus episode of the Early Education Show. I'm Liam. I'm Lisa. And I'm Leanne. And we're still technically on our break right now. We're in between episode 99 and 100. This so probably... this isn't really happening. No, so. this probably would have been a good 100th episode, but we do have other plans for that one. But we couldn't kind of let the, the weekend that's just gone past without you know having a brief comment. Um, so we're going to quickly touch on Labor's big two policy announcements we've just had uh, on Sunday. So we're, we're releasing this uh, Tuesday, uh, Tuesday morning, but uh, the announcements came through on Sunday. So uh, I don't know, I, I can't. I really decompress on a policy as until I've talked about it with you two. That's what the podcast has now has now done to us. So this, I've been trying to get this bonus episode happening so for two days. Think? <laughs> well, so there's obviously two announcements we need to look at. So there was an announcement on uh, the how Labor will sort of approach the the childcare subsidies and changes they're planning on making to that, um, and then one on. Uh, on wages for early childhood educators. Now, um, I think we might, uh, given Lisa, you have already, and, and big round of applause to Lisa, you already have an article um, out there in the in the mainstream media on this. So if we, maybe, why don't we tackle the educator wages announcement uh, first? So just really I brief- just want to make the point, Liam, that Lisa has independent thought, if that's the case. She's done that on her own. I know. It's amazing. Oh, again. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot to get sign off from you two again, didn't I? <laughs> Dora. So uh, this announcement was made on Sunday, and then I guess the big the big picture here, we'll break it down a little bit into detail, is that Labor are planning on uh, funding uh, at increases of 20% to early childhood educators over the next eight years, um, and they are uh, clear that will be on top of you know, planned minimum wage increases and the fair work increases. This will be uh, above the, the annual yearly increases. Um, they're estimating that the average total wages of educators will increase by around about 11300 so this is um, obviously, uh, you know, a fairly significant announcement. Probably the biggest announcement on on wages that we've probably had uh, in the in the sector uh, ever. Probably I'm thinking back to 2013 and the early years quality fund, but that wasn't going to every educator. Um, but you know, Lisa, you've obviously been thinking about this already and had a wonderful article up in Women's Agenda, which we'll we'll include in the links as an already linked to on our Facebook page. But you know, what are your you know first thoughts on on hearing this announcement? Look, I think it's, I think it's brilliant. You know, I think it's a real testimony to the work that um, the unions, in particular, but the sector, wider sector, have done in raising the issue of early educators' wages, so that it's well enough known that this is an issue that it can be included as part of an election policy. That's you know, like that's huge. That's amazing. I think Don't it is. You reckon? I think it is pretty big. Yeah, because I, th- I think it's, even yeah. sorry, yeah, sorry, Leanne. I, th- I think even no, before, we, even three years ago, so we think back to the last election, we didn't even get the whiff that there was any kind of this, any of this kind of announcement. So the fact that you know they've managed to move the the opposition to this this point, um, you're right. It is it is pretty incredible, and the and and you know educators around the country really need to be acknowledged for that work. Yeah, and it's been interesting, the response to it. Um, Quite a lot of the business um, people today have come out with comments like, if they're going to give educators a pay rise, where does it stop? I I heard Morrison say on the radio, on the TV, will they give um, retail workers a pay rise? But certainly Business Council of Australia and people like that are saying, well, what about other low-paid areas? But it it is part of a bigger plan, isn't it? 
Lisa, isn't it part of a bigger plan for increasing? Yeah. I mean, this is the they've, specifics they've, on They'll educators. start with educators, but yeah. that there's got to be some way to get the wages of all these female-dominated yeah. um, industries up. So, yeah. And, and increasing... So one of the things say... that's annoying me, though, is uh, all the comments in all the Facebook groups um, from educators. Maybe it's helpful if we actually give a bit more detail on the what the policy is. Like we're saying $11,000 over, but what's, how does that actually roll out? How does this policy roll out? Um, so it's eight years... Over the next eight years, there'll be, you know what, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it's 2% a year um, over the next eight years. What he hasn't said is exactly how that money will, you know, roll out, whether it'll go to um, services or whether it'll go to, um, you know, yeah, the exact mechanism. I think he said that that'll have to wait until they're in government and then they'll work that out with the sector and with the employers and with the Fair Work um, Commission. Because I'm all on board with, the, with, the, the, um, with what it is, but 2% is not, it's not huge, is it? And if mm, employers no, aren't going to, if employers aren't also going to give CPI, which is what's been happening over the last few years in all sectors, I'm not talking about early childhood education because I know that some employers have been giving CPI, which is fantastic. But if they're then going to just kind of go, well, there's this 2% that's mandated, then we won't worry about giving anything else. My understanding is that you that um, this is on top of what the award increases that would come through Fair Work Australia yeah, you know, so our national wage cases yeah. will give people, you know, um, uh, additional money, and on top, as they usually do, and on top of that, there will be this extra two percent every year. I think one of the one of the interesting things that's going to come from this, and it's sort of they 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 tried to head this off, I think, in the announcement, is that um, how are we how you know if government are going to be intervening directly into funding services or or, or funding these wage increases, um, how will this you know how can we ensure that this won't either be pocketed by uh, by you know potentially large providers or that it won't lead to a fee increase? Now they sort of state in the announcement that they're going to make sure that doesn't happen, but. Does, does the government really have a mechanism to do that? I mean, this has always been the problem and we've always been one of the, uh, you know, the reasons people have said we can't do this is that, well, it's a market-based model. We can't, you know, the government at the end of the day doesn't really have fee control, uh, you know, capabilities in the sector. Well, they don't have control, but they have a monitoring, they can have a monitoring role. And I think that's what Bill Shorten said is that they'll do it through the ACCC and if that doesn't work, they'll, they'll do something else. I don't know what the something else would be. Um, and maybe there would be some some penalties on subsidies or whatever. But I think that that's the first step. And I guess it's actually just putting out there that that they're on watch for any changes that might happen. Um, you know, if they ha if the policy's implemented, which I think is a it's a great start, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. That sort of monitoring. Yeah. I mean, the sort of monitoring and actually keeping an eye on it because that's not. That's not necessarily happened, um, and I think it's something that we 
we bang on about all the time is about the the subsidies and and the fee the differences in the fees between um, different providers. Yep. The, the thing, like, you know, when I sit back and look at it overall, I think, look, it's, it's an amazing acknowledgement of the importance of what early educators did. I think I put um, on Twitter this morning uh, a, 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 a direct quote from Shorten when he was making the announcement, which was something, you know, that I'd never heard a, 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 any politician say, which was just about the value of what the set... Sorry, I can't... I'm scrolling through my Twitter feed trying to find it. Trying to find the quote. Is it? Is it this one? It speaks volumes for what we value as a nation. Yes, that one. Can you read well, that pro- one out? Yes. It speaks volumes for what we value as a nation for the priority that we place on the betterment of our children and the respect we display to the people who teach them. And that's... Yeah, and like, when have we heard... Uh, you know, a leader of a party, when have we heard a politician say that? We're the sector that normally hears politicians say things that we don't do more than wipe snotty noses. We're the sector where our own minister said today that, you know, giving free childcare to not to five-year-olds is, is the equivalent of a communist plot. You know, people, politicians don't recognise what we do. They don't say things like this. This is huge. It is a big it shift, is. isn't it? Yeah. Now, Lisa, you um, you you mentioned you'd seen some sort of reaction in the sector. You were a bit a little a little concerned about. Do you want to uh, take us through that? Yeah. Um, well, it seems to fit. This I think I've categorised the kind of comments into four different categories. There's the five actually. There's the ones that are obviously. Um, very strong union members that are going, yay, Labor, this is wonderful. There's the ones that are obviously very strong coalition um, voters who are saying things like, uh, you know, uh, why would, um, you know, where's he going to get, where's Shorten going to get the money from? He's going to tax everyone, including us, and he'll never be able to afford this. And, He's spending beyond his means, which also seems to be a fairly partisan sort of a, a commentary on it. But then there's the the other ones are the ones that say, don't believe it, politicians never do anything for us, which is, they're kind of the sad ones because... The, hardened, know, they just, the hardened sector. They're, yeah, they don't believe it. it's coming. But then there's just all these dumb ones who don't understand how they're paid or how their wages are calculated and are having fights amongst themselves about, you know, um, uh, you know whether this would be on top of CPI or whether, you know... Oh, didn't I just say that? <laughs> well, <laughs> you, might want to yeah, but you didn't say it in a dumb way. Like, honestly, some of these comments are just like... Wow, people actually don't understand how elections work. People don't understand how, you know, wages are fixed. People don't understand, you know, that the leader of an opposition, if his party's voted in, becomes prime minister, and that's how he can actually make these kind of promises. And so you're just going, oh, okay, there's a lot of confusion about this. In defence of those those people, though, Lisa, I think that that when you see these... 
um, policies released, you could almost think that the person who's releasing them is actually in power at the moment. That's the way it's talked about. And I think that there, there's, you know, some of those nuances around elections and politicians and all, all of those things that they are, I, I know if people, if they're not engaged in it, it's difficult to understand. And I, I think that's fair enough. Sorry, I'm just putting it out there. The yeah, sh- okay. The shorter, maybe I'm, the shorter version, Lisa, is not everyone's nerds like us. <laughs> but but surely when you were promised a wage increase the last time round and it didn't happen, you'd care enough to find out why it didn't happen and what happened with it. But, but in turn- as- turnover in the sector, that means that a lot of those people who might have been around, they, they're not there anymore. Yeah, okay. And that's why we need paid increases, isn't it? So yeah, particularly at the... Yeah. I don't know, every at- three years. And also just to make the point that some people did receive that pay rise. Hmm. That's a very good point. Well, I, Lisa, I would be... I received it for a few years. Or for that's one year. right. I, and look, even, I know we weren't going to go down this path, but even that's an interesting story. We must follow that up sometimes. Some, talk to people who got that pay rise and then had it taken away. That is a good idea. Well, Lisa, I would just make the point for these people that maybe they could listen to some great podcast that does a good job of breaking down policy and if talking only politics. There was one. If only there was one. One day. One day. <laughs> uh, well, let's. Um, I've I've been militant about keeping to time tonight. I want to make this a pretty short, Sorry. sharp episode. But we might move on to the second of the big announcements. Um, and this is around um, Labor's uh, sort of plan once in government to sort of tweak and fiddle with the the childcare subsidy framework to uh, deliver some pretty significant uh, pay. Uh, so sorry, it's a pretty significant fee uh, decreases for for families. I mean, I've already mangled this explanation. Now, this one is childcare subsidy related, which means I have to throw around lots of figures, but I'll, I'll do my best to keep it as, as simple as possible. But essentially, what Labor's saying is that uh, for for families that are earning up to sixty nine thousand dollars a year, uh, they will they the, 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 if they're in the system, they'll be getting a hundred percent of their fees up to the hourly fee cap covered. Uh, now, they still do need to meet the activity test, which is a big part of this. And I do want to come back to that because I think it's probably the key uh, the, the key drawback of this plan but on a plan that's overall positive. So families that are only between zero and 69,000, if they meet the activity test, um, will get that, you know, they'll get 100% of that back, assuming that, that the fee is under the hourly fee cap uh, for families earning between 69,000 and 174,000 uh, that will be that will be 85%. So essentially what they what they're doing is they're saying look the, the subsidy system is in place we can't get rid of it. Uh, we either can't get rid of it or don't want to. It's, it's hard to tell. They have said they'll review the childcare subsidy system, but what they've done is is essentially made it a lot more generous for people under that 174,000 combined income. So the 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 you, the tiers that are currently in place are going to be made a lot better for people. And um, there's a couple of things. Look, I know I, I'm, uh, Leanne, we went to Lisa first for the last one, so I want to sort of get your your view on this. We've obviously followed the, the childcare subsidy for a very long period of time. But, um, you know, what, what I find interesting with this is that I think there are – this is probably the best announcement we were going to get from Labor. It was unlikely they were going to set themselves up in government by saying we will just ditch the whole thing. It, it, mm-hmm. the, you know, the system is now entrenched. It, 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 it's incredibly – it's going to be hard to unpick it. it. It spans two departments, the Department of Education and the Department of um, Human Services, and untangling that will be an absolute nightmare. So I think my summary view – I think I posted something on Twitter was like, you know, this is – it's not a new house, but it's a, it's a you know, reasonable – renovation is that kind of how how do you sort of feel about this announcement 
it's it's a it's an expansion of the um, renovated house. <laughs> we can continue with the analogy. Um, look, I think anything that reduces the cost of of early childhood education is fantastic, and I think if if there's an alleviation of um, the you know pressure on families that were um, Sorry, I'm just trying to think about the how how they're accessing it, and I'm thinking about the activity test yeah. because I saw that there were going to be X number of families that would now be paying, you know, not literally nothing, but um, that's also dependent on the activity test, I suppose. But I suppose whatever reduces the cost is great, and I think we always said that there's no way that they would pull back on the the new system because it would just take too much to to unpack it and and repack it. But I. For me, the whole thing still is kind of just very piecemeal. Even though I think it's wonderful, I still think it's just these little tiny tweaks that, that make it um, slightly better. And I just would love to see the whole thing thrown up in the air and a really you know, positive, <laughs> more like the Greens policy probably is where childcare is, is going to be free or close to free for, for a lot of people. And... I know it's an impossible dream, but can't we just have it? <laughs> well, I, you know, I, I think I would, have, I would have used the word impossible a little while ago. I should just say, and sorry, to, I feel like we've been interrupting you a lot, Leanne. Sorry, I should just say I made a mistake in my little intro spiel. So up to uh, $69,000, it will be 100% of the hourly fee cap between 69 and a hundred thousand, that will be the 85%. And then between a hundred thousand to 174, um, it will go between 85 and 60%. So up to 174,000, um, we'll be getting, you know, a 60%, but this is the subsidy. We just have to fling around huge amounts of numbers and pretend we vaguely understand them, but understand um, the whole thing. Yeah, I know. But don't, but don't we all feel like, you know, I, I think it's wonderful. Anything's great, but we've been, and we've been talking offline a bit about it. But I just feel like it's just these tiny little bits that, you know, tiny increments. And I don't think that we're going to get there with these tiny little increments no, in policy, I mean. You know, I just, <laughs> I just want to see a great – I just want to see a great thing. Like I'd like to see, you know, a great workforce plan. We're, we're going to run out of teachers. We're going to run out of all these people. It doesn't matter what we pay them. And – Early childhood education is still going to be unaffordable for many. So, you know, why don't we just kind of go, you know what, we're just going to make it the highest quality with the best people, we'll have everyone on board and make it free. <laughs> if only. That makes sense, Leanne. We'll make you minister and then we'll get it. Look, I just wanted to speak for a minute, Liam, to the activity test. Um, I think what we're seeing is actually... Like, I haven't actually seen a complete policy on this from um, the ALP. If anyone's got one, can they please forward it, it to us? But where is it? Is it, is it there? Because I can't I don't see think it. it's there. I don't... I, yeah, I can't see it. But um, in a press conference today in Perth, um, both uh, Shorten and Plibersec got asked... Um, uh, why aren't they scrapping the activity test? And my understanding is from what they said in this press conference and what they said, said yesterday is that they're going to have an immediate look at the activity test as soon as they come in and also they're going to have a review um, to see what 
um, should happen after that is um, what he said is that uh, one thing I want to look at in advance of a, of a review is how the activity test is impacting on access to early education for vulnerable families. As I said, I'm deeply concerned these children will start to drop out of the system and that's unacceptable. So he well, has fantastic. promised a review yeah. of the um, a, a review of the you know of as to where the drop of vulnerable families have been, but he's going to have a look at the activity test before then. So and should I think, the sorry, I think to a certain extent that that's kind of. Like, I'd prefer them to say, yes, we'll kill the activity test, but until they get, you know, the the thing that's prepared for them by the department that explains all the ins and outs of that and how much killing the activity test would actually cost, I think that they're kind of saying, look, we've got that on the horizon, we're aware it's a problem, but we need to look at all the figures and to see actually what's happening before we make a decision. So should Labor be elected, then that might be the first advocacy action for all um, early education groups is to barrack for the activity test to go. Yeah, precisely. And look, it'd, it'd be hard for a government that said we want to make all childcare free for families under sixty-five thousand mm. to go. Oh, except if except if they're not working, then we'll make them pay for it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think we uh, we're, we're approaching. I want to make just a couple of quick points. But I know, so it's now on me that I'm taking us over our, our pre-recorded time. But um, one really positive thing, which I think. This to me is a little bit. I, I want to spend a little bit of time going sort of out to the forest rather than the trees. So one of the outcomes of this policy, regardless of some of the complexity and regardless of yes, our thoughts around the activity test, is that for for a cohort of children, and we you know, may be um, you know quickly scanning their um, their their press release. This may be you know a, a, a few hundred thousand uh, children will essentially be getting free government funded early education in Australia. Now, it's being done in a really weird way. It's as part of this ridiculous framework and, and it's not, it, you know, the funding is, isn't going directly, you know, sort of on a per-child basis. It's going, you know, through through uh, via families to services. But that's actually a huge deal for Australia. And, what, what, and not only is that great for those children and those families, what this does for me is this starts to shift the goalposts of the conversation. So, you know, it's it's pretty ridiculous to me as an advocate in 2019, you know, we... we, we no one, no one at a sector peak level is prepared to put themselves to an advocacy position, which is universal access to early education from birth, which is free. You know, they've managed to get themselves to agree on, you know, for four and five year olds for fifteen hours a week. Um, but this really changes that game. What it means is that these, that you know, assuming Labor get in and this happens, you know, the world won't fall in. Communism won't run, won't run rife in you know Australia's early education system, and it, and it and it makes that more acceptable. And it means that come the next election or or during or advocacy during you know Labor's term of, term of government, if they win, we can start to say, you know, this is you know, this is okay, this is good. This shifts the goalposts and it kind of shifts the conversation to that level. And I think I don't think we should underestimate how. How important that is. Now, the the caveat of that is is the is the activity test, and I agree with everything you both said, which is 
it was unreasonable to think that there was going to be you know some big huge announcement on the activity test but as someone who works directly with families it's interesting for me the biggest issue at the lower end so for families that are struggling has not been the percentage because if families get eligible they're getting 85 percent now which is reasonably good like any any fee is too is 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 too much for some families but um it's it's better than the old system the 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 issue has always been the activity test that has what is what has kept children and families out so this announcement at the end of the day comes what it means is kind of there's a better deal for families who can meet the activity test but the most vulnerable children and families are meeting the activity test so i do hope that review takes place pretty quickly and we get well, we get a good yeah, outcome and also also i hope that you know um, i hope that everyone in the sector does exactly what you say saying gets behind the abolition of the activity test because so far i've heard a lot of people say you know um uh like not actually asking for that. Yeah. No, because it should because, be really clear. Yeah, that like just one thing. Let's just go one thing at a time and say that's the first thing that has to go. Yeah. Well, imagine if we end up with a fully government-subsidised access to early education for birth by stealth. Like, what if this just happens? So we, you know, I'd always assumed there would be this big reform package and there'd be this 10-year plan to kick out the for-profit operators and turn everything off for profit and then directly fund services. But, you know, maybe it will happen in this very strange piecemeal way where we sort of take an existing system and then take one part out and replace it with something else and you end up... It's like the broom with the with the handle. Once you've replaced both parts of it, is it the same system? I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm getting deep in the rabbit hole now of this obvious this, but, but this is, I don't think you've gone way down. I've gone way down. But this is, you know, fundamentally, you know, separate to whatever specific concerns I have about the policy, and we still need to see detail about how this will work. Um, is this is that is a huge advocacy step for. And, and I would say it's actually probably leapfrogged, you know, where, where sector advocacy is on average right now. We've kind of gone past that point. And I think I made the point on Twitter is that there's going to have to be some catch up. We're going to have to really shift what what we're fighting for, because, you know, this this kind of changes the game for me. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah. Not in Not in a big enough way. Not in a big <laughs> enough way. But again, little who knows, like we said, we'll change that. We'll change the handle, then the brush and, you know. Suddenly we've got socialist paradise, you know, right here in Australia, which seems like a good note to end this bonus episode on. So I, I want to say thanks to Leanne and Lisa for for, uh, for for putting up with me saying we need to do a bonus episode, we need to do a bonus episode. Uh, and we hope you've enjoyed this little breakdown. Um, if you are seeing people with, you know, who are a bit confused, like, please feel free to direct them our way. We love... Like us. Like us. That's like the us. voices of reason we were calling ourselves earlier on, <laughs> earlier on in the email setting this up. But uh, we'll be back pretty soon with... Uh, episode 100, which is, um, you know, pretty fantastic. I should say thanks to everyone who's been sending in, um, you know, voice messages for us. So I've, I've, I've been enjoying listening to them. Lisa and Leanne have not heard them yet. I'm going to sh- surprise them on the on the night we record the episode. But um, you can still do that. So just head to our Facebook page or um, it's it's dead simple these days. Everyone's got a voice recorder app on their phone. Record your voice, email it to earlyedushow, earlyedushow at gmail.com. Um, we really, really appreciate it. It means you can basically you can join the party that we're going to have on episode 100. Yay. <laughs> but until we come back with episode 100, it's goodbye from me. And from me. And from me. 
You have been listening to The Early Education Show, hosted by Lisa Bryant, Leanne Gibbs and Leah McNicholas and produced by Leah McNicholas. Find us online at earlyeducationshow.com and while you're there, it would be great if you could hit the Support the Show tab where you can become a patron of the show and support us for as little as $1 a month. We really appreciate it. Get in touch with us at earlyedushow at gmail.com or on Facebook and Twitter with the username earlyedushow. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on the Apple Podcast Store. This really helps other people find the show. See you next time.